Hey, welcome to Hope Anchors, everybody. I'm Johnny. And I'm Sean. And together we want to share the hope that anchors the very core of who we are to all that Jesus is. In Hebrews 6.19, it reads, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul firm and secure. Alrighty. Hey, welcome back to everybody to Hope Anchors. Uh, we are in the middle of our series called The Disciple That Jesus Loves. And John's the one that called himself that. Yeah, something that John claimed, <laughs> but uh, he doesn't have to be the only one who claims that because, I mean, for one, you know, John's gospel even says in 316, for God so loved the world that he gave us his one and only son. So you are loved, even if you find yourself not in relationship with God, maybe you're investigating what it means to be in relationship with him, or maybe you've fallen away and you're just kind of reinvestigating. You're kind of, you're like, maybe I need to get back into this again, but just realize that God loves you and you too can claim that, you know, you are the disciple Jesus loves. A disciple is a student. You're learning from Jesus. You're living with Jesus to live like Jesus. So, you know, I'd encourage you to continue to be a disciple, continue to be a learner, a lifelong learner of Jesus. And if you're just coming back and re-investigating who Jesus is, uh, this is a great place to do that is in John's letters here. Yeah. And these three letters, what a great way. He lays it out so nice and so easy for us to really get to know who Jesus is again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's really kind of neat and special. And I really like that. And um, we're continuing this uh, series. Uh, here we are. We're still in first John um, in the second chapter, but we're going to finish this chapter. We're going to go through verses 15 through 29. And um, I find it kind of, kind of funny, Johnny, that you call this loving the world, <laughs> but yet John starts off in verse 15 by simply saying, do not love this world. Yeah. So I was kind of, where'd you come up with this title, Johnny? I think the the fact is, is that we all struggle to, in our love for God and our love of the world. I mean, you know, we've got two really opposing forces drawing us to, to pay attention to them and to, uh, to spend time with them, to, to, you know, spend our resources on them. But, you know, here God wants us to, to solely love him and it can put, everything else in perspective. But if we love the world and its systems more than we love God and uh, the life that he has for us, uh, then we're, we are going to find ourselves doing as, as John has already stated in the first chapter, second chapter, we're going to find ourselves falling into sin, being overcome by evil and the evil one. And so we really have to watch the, 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 the power that the world and its systems has, its values systems has over us if we're going to continue to follow God. Yeah. And, and I really want to read uh, to you that uh, starting with verse 15, when it says, do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. Mm-hmm. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure a craving for everything we see and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the father, but are from this world. Um, And I want to stop right there as we continue on, because I think it's very important to understand. We all have desires. Mm -hmm. We have these, you know, great, deep, deep desires. Um, And desire isn't bad. It's it's not it's not and, and, our desires. and I I'll get into that here because uh, and I'm not talking about the desire for the flesh or material things those things I, I kid you not the world does not hide 
those things from you. Mm -mm. We cannot turn on the TV without seeing an ad for the latest gadget or the best car or a pill that will make you sexier or, you know, and stuff (laughs) like that. It's, It's ridiculous. What, what the world is not willing to hide from you. And and that's what he's talking about the physical pleasures and craving for everything that we see. What I really want to get into is, is something that uh, is even more. And it's that deep, deep desire that inflicts probably the most pain and suffering in the lives of Christians and in, in the church. And that's the pride in our achievements. Um, the deep desires that the world offers us, and we can get caught up in it so fast and don't even really re- realize until it's too late. Mm. You know, everyone, Johnny, including you yep. and I, have these desires that I'm going to talk about right here. We want to make an impact on this world and to be significant. We want honor and respect. We have the desire to be known and valued to be understood, to be heard, to be seen. We have this desire to be creative. We want to hear the words, well done. And, and, and we all want justice and freedom. And we desire to have peace. We desire to have completion in our lives, to have order in our lives. And we really desire to, to have home, that security of home. And the the interesting thing is, is that God and the world can fulfill these desires. Hmm. And too many times, I really see this is this is where I f- I find um, the heartbreak. And a lot of times, is too many times people start out with the best intentions in life to serve God, and before they know it, they find themselves serving the world and the world's desires. And this is why verse 17 is so important. It is such a great life lesson for everybody to really, you want to talk about probably, I wouldn't say my favorite verse, but it's probably one of the most important verses I've ever really come across in the Bible. And it's because verse 17 says, the world is fading away along with everything that people crave. The world is fading away. If we stay focused on God and we have to surround ourselves with people that will hold us accountable, we can't do this on our own because we're going to make mistakes. We're going to fail. But as long as we stay focused on him, God and only God can fulfill Mm -hmm. each and every one of those deep desires and they will sustain us forever. Mm -hmm. And that is why John finishes chapter or verse 17 with this. I love this. But anyone does what pleases God will live forever. Yeah. I like that. Whoever does the will of God lives forever. That's amazing. The world, if you're just going to live in the world, it has an end. But if you live in God and do what God, what pleases God, you will live forever. So these two key words here, love, and world. It's very interesting because, you know, here we've got, and I even quoted it. So you've got John saying, don't love the world. You're like, wait a minute, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world. 
It's because this has two different uh, definitions. You know, he is, uh, John here is not talking about the earth, the global earth, the universe. Um, he's not talking about humanity, you know, in terms of the world, because where, where he is sharing Jesus words for God, so loved the world. That's what he's talking about. The, you know, he's talking about humankind, men and women, boys and girls. Um, but then, so, and then what's interesting is that, you know, love, I mean, We've already talked about the fact that love is going to be uh, something that's very important in John's writings. And yeah. He had, uh, obviously, you know, picked that up from Jesus. Um, but it's this love, this this agape love that is only to be some shared and expressed. It's expressed through Jesus. He has this agape, unconditional, no strings attached kind of love for us. And that's the same kind of love that we are to have for each other. That's not what we are to have for the world and its systems. As we continue on with this, the rest of this chapter, verses 18 through 29, it's uh, here, here, John writes again, dear children. Yeah. I love how he dresses them. I love this. I hey mean, kids. Yeah. I love but, you. And we're, once again, we're not talking about the little ones here. We're talking about in this little, in this section right here, I, I believe he's really talking and focusing on those that are new to the ways of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are the followers that are the most vulnerable. They are relying on the teaching from others to guide them and to lead them to the truth. And I believe this, and why I say that is because I've been, and I believe at times I'm still right there. Hmm. I rely on the teaching from Johnny. I rely on the teaching uh, from a good friend of mine that kind of is a good is a great guide for me um, spiritually, and, and so I get all of this. So when I read this, dear children, I I really feel like John's talking to me here. Hmm. So and, and then as we get into this, and he talks about the last hours here. So I mean, Jesus has passed, and we're waiting for his second coming, which. Guess what, folks? We're in this last hour. Yeah. We're still here. Yeah. But he talks about this, um, and I got to ask you, Johnny, because it's kind of interesting. He says, such any Christ have appeared, because that's what he's talking about. And it was like, I had to go, wait a minute. What do you mean the Antichrist have appeared? And some Antichrist have appeared. And what's really interesting, and I really appreciate the fact that John just goes ahead and Spells it right out in the next verse. Yeah. If we see it, it says, these people left our church, but they never really belonged with us. Yeah, there there is an expectation and this prophetic thought that uh, an Antichrist is coming. There will be a, a world figure that is going to attempt to draw people away from Jesus. He is Antichrist. Christ. But John says, listen, the fact is, is that there are many people who live anti-Christ. They are against Christ. They are enemies of Christ. And so though there is one that is coming, there are those who are here. Mm -hmm. And these are people who maybe they were even among us, but they didn't really belong to us. These are the same kinds of people that would claim to live in the light, but they hate Everybody else. Yeah. They would claim to be without sin when John says that's impossible. 
They would make all of these claims. They would they would uh, say all of these things, but the proof is in how they actually follow Jesus. And he says, listen, you know, they went out from us, but they didn't really belong to us. For if they did belong to us, they would have remained with us. But, you know, them running away showed that none of them truly did belong to the faith. Uh, they didn't belong to uh, our faith family. But he says, listen, you've got this anointing. And the anointing is going back to when uh, prophets and new leaders, kings were anointed with oil by the priests. And it was this picture of being uh, chosen by God and set apart for a work. But each and every one of us who has the Holy Spirit living inside of us, he's saying, listen, you have an anointing from the Holy One and all of you know the truth. John says that quite a bit all throughout this letter, talking about being in the truth and knowing the truth and living out the truth. And he says, listen, I'm not writing you because you don't know the truth. You, you, You do know it. You know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. And then he says, listen, who who's lying? It's the one who denies that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist. So he's further defining who this Antichrist is, the one who is to come, but also any of those who live their lives anti-Christ. They're the ones who uh, deny the Father. They deny the Son. And no one who denies the Son has the Father, Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. You can't say, I'm a, I, I believe in God, but I, you know, Jesus was a great teacher. Or you can't say, you know, I follow Jesus, but, you know, I, I don't know about God. You know, um, the, the thing is, is that people, you know, we like to pick and choose what we want to believe. Mm-hmm. But you can't deny the Father, you know, and, and, and hope to be following Jesus. You can't be following Jesus and think that God doesn't exist. Whoever acknowledges the Son also has the Father. Yeah. I really like verse 20. Because uh, verse 20 says, uh, But you are not like uh, that for the Holy One has given you his Spirit. Mm-hmm. So when I read that, it was like, hmm, this just took me right back to our last series of experiencing God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, by Henry Blackaby. Because here John talks about the Holy Spirit. To complete the Trinity, he's been talking about God, talking about the Son, and now he's going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's now going to dwell in you because the Holy Spirit will reveal the truth. That's the Holy Spirit that reveals the truth, and now because of that, we can tell the difference between what is truth and what is a lie. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was that's where that kind of that that whole part about the Holy Spirit took me back into that. Mm. So. And then in verse 24, it starts off, says, so you must remain faithful. Mm. And when I see the word faithful, to me, to remain faithful is to be in a constant relationship, Mm. to understand each other. And we've talked about being in fellowship. Uh, We've talked about the relationship between you and Michelle, between Julie and I, and our relationship uh, just Johnny and I's relationship that we have here and to truly to stay faithful, you have to be in that relationship. If you're going to stay faithful to God, you have to be in that relationship with God. You know, and the stronger that our relationships are, the smaller the storms will be. John is then going to get into um, 
why he's writing to you. And one of my, I just have this encouragement for you is that you would read the entirety of John's letter. And every time you see him say, I am writing these things, I would encourage you to write down every single reason John is saying he's written this to you, because now he's saying, I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. Again, he's already been talking about those who live their lives as if they are the Antichrist. They, they're living their, their lives by the spirit of the Antichrist. They're living in opposite of Christ. But he says, listen, there are people who are trying to lead you astray. And as for you, the anointing that you received from him remains in you. And you don't need anyone to teach you. You're like, wait a minute, but isn't that what Johnny and Sean are doing? Absolutely. We're sharing, we're teaching. But what he's saying is, listen, you don't have to rely on somebody else necessarily to teach you. It's good to learn from other people. It's good to learn in community so that you know you're not you know, going off on, on some kind of tangent in terms of what you believe and, and what you may be telling other people. But the thing is, is that you have the teacher living inside of you. This is something that Jesus, when John was there and Jesus was teaching about the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit teaches us inwardly, that when you have God's very presence living inside of you, you not only have the word of God that you can read, for, you know, as, as God has inspired and interacted with people all throughout history, but you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you that can guide you as well. John is talking about the reality of this, that you essentially don't need anyone to teach you because you have this anointing. You have the Holy One living inside of you and, and God's very presence teaches you about all things. And, and since that anointing is real, it's not counterfeit. Um, just as he teaches you, then remain in him. You remain in his teaching, you remain in his word, and you you uh, you interact with God living inside of you. I, I love that Paul talks about the fact that our bodies are the temple, temples of the Holy Spirit. You know, we talk, we think about temples and sanctuaries and churches and, and how magnificent maybe some of them are or, or, or how simple other places of worship are. Mm-hmm. But the but the fact is, is that your very body is the very presence of God's nature, his very presence lives inside of you. And as his presence lives in you, he's going to teach you. And so remain in his word, remain in his love, remain in his presence. Uh, Don't be surprised if that Holy Spirit tells you to uh, investigate what somebody is saying to you. Absolutely. Um, Investigate what we say. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, don't, uh, I, I think that's part of that. The truth that the Holy Spirit knows, because it's probably going to give you a little poke and say, you may want to question what that person just said. Mm-hmm. You may want to look into where did he get that from Yeah, and ask, don't be afraid to ask somebody, where did you get that from? Um, you know, we're uh, honestly, it's, that's probably the, one of my favorite things that, that we do here uh, with, with hope anchors and what Johnny does at, at church on Sunday mornings is you go through his, uh, his message. You go through what we're saying, and we're taking this right out of the Bible. You want to know where we're picking this up at? It's written right here, and we reference other things throughout the Bible. But as a listener, you should always question, yeah, investigate, find out for yourself. And that's when, when you talk about the Holy Spirit will teach you the truth, because the Holy Spirit is what will reveal what the Bible has to say to you. Yeah. It will reveal the mysteries. It will reveal what you need to investigate and reveal God's heart to you because you know, you, you, you go from just reading, 
this is literature to reading it as a love letter. Yeah. And that, you know, God loves you and, and he shared with you his, his very heart through these words. And John finishes this, this section off and he says, dear children, continue in him, stay in him, abide with him. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> so that when he appears and Jesus will appear, yep. we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. And if you, if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. Again, going back to the proof that if you're a follower of Jesus, you're living under the very presence and power of the Holy Spirit to follow Jesus. Hmm. That there is something about your life that marks the fact that you are a lover of God, a follower of Jesus. And people will know it because yeah. there's going to be a difference about you. And the difference will be so real. And, you know, when you talk about, you know, John beginning this part, this section off, don't love the world. Don't love this system. Don't love its values. People are going to see that you, you love something else, that you love God because God has loved you. Yep. You know, we live in a time that we are waiting for the return of Jesus. We live in a time that false teachers who pretend to be Christians and, and who lure the weak members away from Christ. Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. That's what John was writing. John's writing is about that time. But it's kind of ironic how it's the same thing that's happening today. Mm. Um, so is John writing about what's then, or is he writing about today? Uh, and I love that part. I mean, John wrote this so people would not fear these evil people that's around us, these antichrist. John told his readers then, and he's telling us today, that the Holy Spirit will reveal the truth. Mm -hmm. And that we need to stay in this relationship with God and stay in relationship with his word. Because his word will not fall prey to these false, false teachers. And, and if we go way back into almost our first series together, Johnny, go back to Matthew chapter 7. Mm -hmm. When we talked about kingdom come, Jesus tells us, in chapter 7, verse 15, he describes these people and says, They will come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. Mm. And that is so true then, so true today, as you see everything that's happening in this world and how this world really is coming against those who claim to follow Jesus. And John's giving us these encouragements. He's telling us to stay strong in our fellowship with God, to stay strong in our fellowship with others that believe and, and walk in the same way, to give us that courage that we can stand together and not fall back, not shrink when somebody challenges our faith, that we can stand boldly and confess our love for God and confess our love for those that hate us because of what we believe. John's telling us we will be victorious. Christ is righteous. And if we stay with him, we will have righteousness as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that is one of the most beautiful things in the world that we live in today, that the heavenly kingdom and you have said this, we can have the heavenly kingdom here today as we walk, as well as when we get promoted to glory. Mm -hmm. So there's a reason why uh, Sean and I picked Romans 15.4, where 
Paul is talking about the fact that writers like John, that everything that John wrote in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in John's letters and the encouragement that John was providing through these letters, that we might have hope. Yeah, that is our purpose, to give you something to anchor your hope to. So please don't ever give up. Keep looking up and keep hope alive.